What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Sai, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, getting right here into week eight. This is the final weekend before we talked about this in our previous episode, the final weekend before the trade deadline. So could be some action. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of talk about some teams are, you know, selling off everybody on their team. There's some teams that are like they're looking to acquire. Um, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, this could sort of like, you know, help you understand as far as which teams that could be like on the fringe as far as like whether they're really pushing for it this year or whether they're trying to make do with what they have. If they make a big move that sort of signifies that's like, yeah, we're ready to sort of move on and sort of make a push for a playoff spot this year or the quite opposite where it's like you think they're sort of in contention and they decide to sell off some player they're like nope we're packing it in this year we're looking towards next year and beyond so i mean yeah trade deadline should be pretty interesting you're doing the thing man don't do the thing (laughs) You're doing the thing where we do this every year. And that's why the I know we keep bringing this up, but that is what made this episode so legendary. That's why the Christian McCaffrey episode of the Decide Guys was such a great episode. And I will still argue to this day our best episode because we had to go in complete scramble mode because you know what happened? Something actually happened. It's true. It's like, wait, it's Christian McCaffrey, Carson Palmer. Where are some other big ones? Well, last year, the Colts got Zach Moss. So, I mean, there's a trade that sort of has benefited you in the short term right here. So, I mean, there's that. You're the um, worst. <laughs> but, yeah, overall. The oh, NFL yeah, my Christian- team gets Chris McCaffrey, but your team got Zach Moss. We're both winners here. <laughs> you dick. Uh, overall, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. The NFL trade deadline is not the it's same. It's the worst of all the sports. It's not the same level as your NBA trade deadline. Definitely not the same as like the MLB trade deadline. There's a lot of moves That's that happen during the MLB the trade one. deadline for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never know. I think there might be a little bit of action. We may see some like, all, you know. All I know is if Derrick Henry gets jettisoned out of the AFC South, it will be the best trade deadline in the history of the NFL. So that's a rumor. There's talk about, you know, the Broncos selling off a lot of their pieces too, both on offense and defense. Um, DeAndre Hopkins apparently is not happy in I Tennessee. Love I love which, that report. That report that was like, he's receiving very little interest. Well, yeah, he received very little interest in free agency. Like, how is that going to change? Not that yeah, he's had a bad season, but like, come on. No. But yeah, so he's looking to get trade. Uh, and then also Dalvin Cook, obviously with his struggles in the New York Jets offense, his yeah. So we'll see about him whether he gets traded as well, Ted. So yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. But Ted, before we get into oh, our week oh, eight, my fantasy season just got a lot better. Mike Evans just got a touchdown. Let's go. All right, I'm in a better mood for this episode. So we're recording this story. It's better than one. <laughs> All right, Ted, so before we get into our week eight start and since we have to introduce a brand new sponsor on today's oh. episode. Um, welcome in Underdog Fantasy, Ted. So I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's a great way to sort of make some bets. You can sort of do some parlays. You can also do season-long fantasy football, but Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. I mean, it just lets you draft a fantasy dream team in a matter of minutes. That's a great website. website an application to use for best ball tad i don't know if you ever played in a best ball league but you pretty much draft your entire roster and then you don't make any changes so there's no waiver wires there's no trading it's pretty much who you draft is who you're stuck with the entire season so it sort of takes
takes the stress out of the league management aspect after you draft sort of thing. So I know a lot of people don't like doing all those things. So this sort of takes the elimination out of all that. But I think the best thing that I personally use underdog fantasy for is the pick em game. So they give you a lot of these profits okay. where it's like, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, over under 21 and a half completions. So it's like you have to pick more or less. Um, and then you get a bunch of those uh, picks together as prop bets. And depending on how many you pick, you can get that much more money. So you can pick up to five picks. You get 20 times your money if you get all five correctly. But here's the cool thing, Tad, is that in case you're not 100% sure on all five of your picks, you can also do what's called insurance. And so you get pick if you go with the insurance plan. Play. you pick all five picks if you get all five you get a lower amount but if you only get four of them correctly then so if you miss one of them they get you an insurance buyout so you get a little bit less than the initial payout so i mean so it it's kind of like, it's kind of like blackjack when the dealer has 10 and you get the option to put insurance on it exactly but this is just to make sure that you know you're sort of going in sort of giving you the option that's like okay i don't feel super confident let me go with insurance here it'll sort of give you a little bit more um like i said confidence that's like i can hit at least four out of these five you get a little bit less of a payout but you're still possibly guaranteed to win some money so it's pretty cool so i mean tad we got to get the folks out there interested in underdog fantasy there's a lot of commercials for it on tv but here's the best way we could get you involved sign up now with the code this size so it's a different code than usual. Decide. That's D-E-S-A-I. And you'll double your first deposit up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So let's say, Tad, hypothetically, you know, you're in a situation where you can deposit $500. You could get $500 free. That is the max amount that you can get for free, courtesy of our friends at uh, Underdog Fantasy. So, yeah, use our promo code DESAI. That's uh, capital D-E-S-A-I. And you can get a double-up offer on your first deposit of $10 or more. So, Tad, like I said, I've been using the app. It's fantastic. The app is really great. It's good user interface. Lots of great, you know, picks to play you could do the best ball like i said you could do the pick them uh, lots of great options Tad, i don't know if you got a chance to check out our good friends at underdog fantasy yet i have and it's really really cool because i i'm not gonna lie i had not heard them before you approached me with this offer for this partnership and i was like okay sounds interesting and the more i've explored it it puts such a cool new twist on sports betting and i love it because you know and look caps on his way caps on right too. now Right Even now. though it's about dogs, he's super right excited. Now. Hold on. <laughs> so Cab needs to know. What's the what's the code again? The code name is Desai. D-E-S-A-I. All right, buddy, you got that? I mean, it's your last name, so. Okay, he's got it. So <laughs> bottom line being is is a, such a cool website, is such a cool way to kind of change up the gambling. Like I said, adding that extra twist with the insurance bet is a really, really cool thing. I, you know, especially – when it comes to stuff like college football, NFL, I'm a little bit more confident in, but college football, I always want to make that one bet where I'm like, I think this is going to happen, but I'm not sure. And if you're the same type of better, which most people are, this is the perfect site for you to use. So absolutely be sure to sign up, use our promo code, and be sure to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Oh my God, I actually nailed it for once. Right below there. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, all our social media handles to let us know how you're doing and let us know what we can do to help because we are now partners with them and I am so excited to get this going. So yes, no, be sure to sign up as soon as possible because hey, the weekend's coming up. So it's time to sign up and let's make some money, people. 
Exactly. You bring up a good point too, Tad, that it's not just the professional football. You got college football. You got the NBA. You got MLB, NHL. You get bet on all of that. NHL season just started. NHL and NBA season both just started this week. short off seasons. Exactly. And so obviously we've got the World Series too, so you can still bet on that too. So yeah, they got you covered on all sports as well. So yeah, make sure you use our promo code DESI and you could double up your initial deposit of at least $10 or more. So yeah, we'll get you more on that a little bit later as well. But Tad, let's sort of jump into our week eight starts and sits here. Let's start at the quarterback position here. Tad, do you got a start or sit for me here this week? You know, it's nice. I actually don't have to watch out for the Dallas Snipers this week. They're, they're, they're <laughs> perched up on the apartment roof while I record this episode. It's because for once, I'm actually not going to trash the Cowboys. I'm going to compliment them. Is They're coming off a very impressive win against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I know what a lot of people are saying. It's Los Angeles Chargers. But we'll yeah. get we'll get into their schedule a little bit later. We'll do that a little bit down the road. But for now, that was a good win. That was a convincing win. And Dak Prescott is coming off his both uh, statistically and as a result, fantasy best game of the year. And so he scored 25 points this past week. And it was funny because, look, I'm not going to lie. While I'm doing research for this article or article, while I'm doing research for this episode and article back when we used to do them, um, I look at the NFL.com Stardom Sims for a little bit of inspiration. Now I don't rip off. You know, just copy and paste it. That's plagiarism, which, by the way, I caught a student plagiarizing the other day, which was hilarious. Um, Man, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, But it was funny because this is actually their top sit of the week over at NFL.com. Okay, okay. I'm taking him as a start. and It's Dak Prescott because and they and look, the reasoning was pretty fair was, you know, Dak Prescott's production. Of those 25 points, largely came off of 40 yards rushing plus a touchdown. So that's 10 points right there. Fair point. Fair point. So I started looking into it. Here's the funny thing, though. The Los Angeles Rams have played a fair amount of dual threat quarterbacks. Do you want uh, you know what? Let's let's do a triple threat. Triple threat. It's your worst nightmare. You ready for this? <laughs> Over under 75 yards allowed to Jalen Hurts. Rushing yards by the Rams yard. defense. By the Rams defense. Yes. Um, I'm gonna say over. Just under at 73. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So, but I mean that's understandable, right? I mean they, sure. you know, it's it's Jalen Hurts, but arguably a top three quarterback in the league right now. Like it's mm-hmm. just okay, fine. All right. So let's let's take it down a notch. Okay. Let's take it down a notch. Week two or three. I'm trying to remember which one against the. My very own Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Richardson, a promising rookie, but still a little rusty around the edges. Okay, so over under 60 yards allowed to Anthony Richardson. I'm going to say this one's over. Also under at 56. (laughs) So, okay, but again, Anthony Richardson looked good. I've already admitted I'm wrong about him. I have my hopes that he will bounce back next season very well. Let's take it way down. To a quarterback that, one, none of us thought would be very good. Two, to his credit, is play, was playing a little better, bit better than we thought. But now he's kind of falling back down to earth. Over under 50 yards for Josh Dobbs. This one I think is over. Also under at 47. Okay. <laughs> Let's 
go! Three for three, baby. I love this game. So bottom line being, though, 50 yards to Josh Dobbs is a lot to Josh Dobbs. I'm not – it's nothing against him, but, like, come on, guys. And then also with Anthony Richardson and what, you know, really only his second start because you got to remember he got knocked out in those early games too. So really yeah. only his second full start of his NFL career. They allowed all those rushing yards, and then Jalen Hurts has all that. So why – I don't understand why NFL.com is being like, well, Dak Prescott – Dak Prescott's not going to do that again. Really? Because the LA Rams have shown us evidence that he probably will. And on top of that, we go back to just this past week where they allowed Kenny Pickett to have a 70% completion rate. And on top of that, have nine yards per throw on average during that game. So I think this Rams secondary is pretty weak. I think the Cowboys have finally kind of realized, like, I don't know why it took them this long to realize because they've been doing it the past five years. I don't know. It's weird. But like, hey. It's just like those old top things. What were those called? You remember those old tops that you just like let them rip? Tops? I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Did they have a specific name? Battle tops. Was was that what it was called? Where you like oh, put I, the string in and is I that too no much idea. of a 90s thing for you? Okay. But anyway, Maybe. when I was a kid, there were these tops where you just like rip the string and then they like go at each other. Got it. And that's the thing. That's what the Cowboys should do with Dak Prescott. Just rip it off. Let him run. Both literally and figuratively. So I think that that's what's going to happen. The Rams off uh, defense has allowed more than 20 points to more than half of their opponents so far this season, depending on the uh, you know format you're in. So I think that Dak Prescott is actually a pretty safe, not even just like kind of risky, oh, go for it. But I think it's a safe start at this point. You also have to remember, Ted, that they're coming off their bye week. So, that I mean, too. you have to remember that they last played two weeks, two weeks, two weeks ago, in L.A. So. He's got to Yeah, the exactly. So I think this is sort of a good chance for the Dallas offense to sort of recuperate and sort of make some adjustments and sort of reinstall or uh, install some new packages possibly into their offense as well and just come out fresh against a Rams team that, you know, is not coming off a of bye week. I mean, let's just put it there, frankly. So it's just like I like this matchup a lot too. I think just he's going to be able to sit there in the pocket, make some good throws, and also, you know, possibly use his mobility as well to score some uh, rushing yards to get you some points that way too. So, yeah, I actually like this as a start too. I was considering this making a start as well. So when he suggested this, I was like, yeah, this is a good pick. So surprised that FL.com went with a sit, but I can sort of, I guess, understand that one here. So okay. I'm going to go update the snipers are walking away. <laughs> we're good we're safe so i'm gonna go with this one tad and this is a quarterback that i was down on the entire offseason so i was surprised that a lot of people were prizing this guy so highly and it's sort of showing now that this guy is sort of you know not looking as good as he was last year that's okay, Gino so you're Smith go, quarterback. you're going set oh I'm going uh, sit. say yeah. it again one more time Gino smith of course <laughs> you look like a Seahawks hater all offseason man i don't know if i'm a seahawks hater you all are. season but just no, i was no, very we're nipping this in the butt. I traded for DK Metcalf, and you said it was like the worst move I've ever made. Because of the relation to DK, to Gino Smith, I just didn't trust this passing offense, and so they're sort of correlated there. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were high on him because he finished in the top five last year, but just I didn't see that translating into this current year. And just, Tad, you look at this, he's only scored over 20 fantasy points once in six games, and it sort of reflects the fact that just this passing offense is not the same level as it was last year. I think they're leading more on the run game, and just they're not utilizing Gino Smith to be that, you know, 
leading this office type of guy, sort of being that, you know, I know a lot of people don't like it, but being that sort of game manager type of role. Um, he has three games this season for throwing under 30 passing attempts. Seattle's also tied for the fourth fewest passing attempts in the NFL. So just this mm-hmm. offense doesn't pass all that much. So the Browns also boast one of the best passing defense in the NFL. Fewest passing yards, fewest passing yards in the, uh, in the NFL allowed. Uh, fourth tied, uh, tied for fourth in the fewest passing touchdowns allowed. And tied for 11th in the most sacks generated. So they get good pressure. And they also allow fewest yards as far as through the air as well. So overall, just I don't like this matchup for Seattle as far as the pass game is concerned. And in relation, just Geo Smith doesn't strike me as a guy that just all of a sudden he's going to break out against a very tough Cleveland Browns passing defense and just go off to get you 20 plus fancy points. So I think this week, if you can afford to sit him, I think he's probably the best bet to sit him. Couple things on that. One, this is a great quick hit segment of like we should do tiers of quarterbacks. It's not like A, B, C, D, whatever. It sure. should be because this is what I, I was thinking while you were talking. I because I agree with you. Geno Smith is not uh, you know like go to starting quarter. I'm not if he's a free agent and I'm the I don't know the New York Jet. Oh, no, that's a bad example. Um, I'm the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not like going after Geno Smith with fifty million dollars. That's a mistake. No. But I think he's better than game manager. I think he's serviceable. It's one tier okay. above game manager. Serviceable. He's a serviceable starter. But okay. on top of that, I actually agree with you is because again, I it feels like they're they're just kind of trying to contain uh, Geno Smith in this yeah. offense, and it just feels it, it feels very stuck, mm-hmm. right? Like as soon as Kenneth Walker you know starts struggling as well, they, that's when the offense really kind of hit the you know hit the roadblock of like oh we feel stuck here. And on top of that, um, this Cleveland Browns defense is ridiculous. They're so They're good. Very, I, very good. I, yep. and I will I will correct one mistake you said. Uh, read that stat again. Is how many sacks have they had? Or I mean, what was that stat? They're tied for 11th for both sacks created in the NFL. Okay, yeah. That's not the Browns. That's Miles Garrett. <laughs> essentially. Essentially, yeah. yeah. yeah it's exactly. a one-man wrecking crew. So sure. I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to say this, but I'm dead serious when I say this. Amir, this is an over and under that you may win, you may lose. Is not been determined yet. Over okay. under three and a half sacks for Miles Garrett in this game. In this game? In this game. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards under. I think he may hit three. I think he may hit three too, but <laughs> you just know there's gonna be that one. There could be. Like, was that rush attempt or was that a passing attempt? And I'm like, I, I, you know what? Screw it. You went under. I'm going over. Okay. All right. We'll see exactly how that plays out. So yeah, just Geno Smith. I just don't like the way that this offense is using him this year. And I just don't like him in this matchup against the Browns. It's just going to be too tough for him to do anything against. So let's move on to the running back position here, Tad. Do you guys start or sit for me here in week eight? Somebody say dog pound? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. I hear a good matchup coming here. I'm liking him. I thought it was going to be a bad pickup. I thought they were going to bury him and like this was going to be nothing signing him. Woo, man, was I wrong. I tried to pull off a trade and this tells you how valuable that this guy is now is I offered this guy Christian Watson, this guy being another fellow league member, Christian Watson and James Conner, who is coming back. He's not out for the season. Christian Watson, James Conner for this person. He said no. Wow. I thought that was a pretty fair trade. And he said, no, it's cream hunt. This dude Mm -hmm. is killing it. He's had back to back games with at least 14 points. And here's the best part. Not for the guy I'm about to bring up, but here's the best part for cream hunt managers and cream hunt himself is those performances were, was 
happened, there we go, with Jerome Ford healthy. Yeah. Jerome Ford now has that dreaded D next to his name. And I'm telling you, whenever I see doubtful, I just automatically assume out. So rarely, it's like 10% of the time, is doubtful meaning like, oh, he's actually going to play. So I think that Kareem Hunt is basically the only dependable back still left in that Cleveland backfield that you know is in an offense that wholly relies on the run, especially now that I, and we're not going to touch on this as a whole other subject, but whatever the hell is going on with their passing game with Deshaun Watson potentially being benched, semi benched, quasi benched. Like there's potential that he may go on the injured reserve it's list. Weird, it's man. like, yeah. And, so, yeah. and Dad, just to sort of follow up on a point you made, just Jerome Ford, we talked about him in our waiver wire episode that he's dealing with an ankle injury. So he's probably not going to play this week. He may not play next week, too. So, I mean, I know you're seeing the D. Next to his name, like, I mean, that's sort of what's no. uh, consistent no. on a lot of platforms, but I don't think he's going to play. No, I see. Like I said, I see a D. I assume it's no. Never thought I'd say that sentence in my life. But anyway, <laughs> is I, I think that Cream Hunt's putting up 14 points as the, you know, kind of split carry back. Now he's the main back. And we, we avoid all that talk of, oh, can he carry the main role? How familiar is he with the system with his new role? We avoid all that because he's back with his old team. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, we're good to go. We know what we're going to get here. And so I really, really like that, um, you know, it's it's one of those cases where we, we know what to expect. And that's so rare when a, you know, quote unquote, backup running back steps up like this. We know what to expect. We know that he's familiar with this offense. There's, in my opinion, there's almost zero downside. Now, on top of all of this, Amur, the Seahawks have allowed half their opponents this year at running back to go over 15 points. So I really like Kareem Hunt as a good to like a lot of people are going to start him in the flex. In my opinion, he's like pretty solid running back to territory this week. This week for sure. Yeah, I think he's an excellent streaming option if you have the ability to sort of do that. Um like we talked about, I think Cleveland has an excellent defense. And we talked about this, the AFC North overall, just they play good defense there and they run the ball really well. So I think this is the case that's going to well, happen here. For Pittsburgh. Yeah, I really don't understand what's going on there. Just <laughs> running game is just absolute shambles, but they still play good defense. Though. They, still they, play good they defense, do play good. Though. That's the only reason that Mike, how does Mike Tomlin keep doing this? Yeah, He's going to end up understand. with another winning record, isn't he? Yeah, it, it, it maybe this is a topic for another day, but I don't think he deserves all the praise that he gets <gasps> for having so many winning oh, records. Like he's man. slight. I think it's slight. So, but yeah, I think we had to bring that up that's on another that, podcast no, here. Yes, but just, we will. Yes, we um, will. That's but, the debate. But 100%, like the way Cleveland is playing, just playing strong defense, they can sort of milk the clock that when they get to situations where it's like they don't need to put up a ton of points. They just need to run it out. And this is where Kareem Hunt is going to get you a lot of points there where they're just going to hand it off to him, hand it off to him, hand it off to him, and get you a lot of carries, and he's going to get you a lot of yards. And obviously, I think he'll probably find the end zone once, maybe twice. We'll see about that. But just, yeah, this is a very good matchup because the defensive matchup for Cleveland is going to match up well with Seattle. On the flip side, then, they can sort of just control the clock with the running game there. So I like that matchup quite a bit for sure. Um, I'm going to go to a matchup that I don't like as much here, Tad. And this is a guy that I was singing his praises all offseason. And just so far, it hasn't really been working out. That's Miles Sanders, the running back with the Carolina Panthers. And so I just picked him up, too. I really just don't understand what's going on. Now, they are coming off the bye week, so maybe they're going to, like, involve him a little bit more. I do know he was hurt a little bit, so he missed one game right before the bye week. But just Sanders leads the Panthers in touches. So, I mean, yeah, he is obviously getting the most touches in this offense. But here's the crazy thing. He's only third on the team in scrimmage yards. 
So you're leading the team in touches, but you're not having the most scrimmage yards. That sort of says something as far as like your efficiency with all those touches. So here's the other problem too, Tad, is that Chuba Hubbard is slowly creeping and catching up to him here because he's looking a little bit more effective in his offense for some reason. And like we talked about, Hubbard is getting 4.5 yards per touch in this offense compared to Miles Sanders only getting 3.6. So that sort of correlates, like I said, to it's like where he's getting the most touches in this offense. That's great. He's not doing much with those touches, like I said. So that's why he's third in scrimmage yards on this team. He's only scored one touchdown all season, Tad. He's had four straight games with under 20 touches. He's only had he's also had one game where he's had under 10 touches. So I mean, this is just I don't know. I just saw all offseason that they wanted to use this guy in all facets of the offense, but it's like, you know, the rushing attack, the uh, passing ability. I mean, just everything and just unfortunately it's just not translating into the season. Maybe that's part of the reason why the Carolina Panthers are struggling a little bit on offense just I don't know they're just not able to find something to get going there Houston defense is also very strong against the run so I don't anticipate Miles Sanders finding many running lanes here Texans are giving up the 11th fewest rushing yards in the league right now so just with the combination of Chuba Hubbard just looking a little bit better and just Miles Sanders just not making the most out of his touches even though they're coming off a of bye week even though they're playing against the Houston Texans in a battle of the you know number one versus number two overall picks here I just don't like this matchup. Well, I think it's important to note, too, that Miles Sanders, this is his first week back from a lengthy injury. Uh, what's the word? I'm not vacation. That's the wrong word. Um, lengthy injury uh, stint. There we go. Yeah, stint. That's probably a good word. No, yeah. Yeah. Way better than vacation. Um, <laughs> I'm on vacation I'm, with this injury. I'm on vacation as his arm is in a split. But, um, I, I think it's important to note that that's why his stats aren't so good is because yes, he did. But on to your note is even before he got hurt, he really wasn't doing all that well. He only had yeah. one game over 10 points in the first four weeks of the season. And I agree. It was weird because he was getting all the touches. I mean, what do I always say? I love the, you know, the target numbers and with running backs, touches is equals targets. So I, it, it was weird that he wasn't producing as much. And I'm with you there. Is It's not a great sign that Chuba Hubbard, as soon as Miles Sanders went out, started producing a little bit better. Now, granted, not a whole lot better, but a little bit better. So I'm wondering like how this split – because remember, who's their coach? Frank Reich. God knows he loves him some split carry running backs. <laughs> True. So I, I am – that is a very, very valid concern you know, moving forward. So and just, again, this is his first week back from an extended injury. We don't know if they're going to ease him in, if they're just going to like toss him right back in the fire. We just don't, there's way too many unknowns here. And as you said as well, the Houston Texans defense is actually surprisingly good. Will Anderson, I'm so, I'm so goddamn mad. They hit, <laughs> they hit on both their top five draft picks, which yeah. good, but yeah, whatever. But anyway, so I, I think that, no, he is the perfect, this is kind of an oxymoron, but he is the perfect bench candidate for this week. Cause we don't know his usage rate. We don't know what that's going to look like. And he's playing a pretty good defense. So no, I, like I said, I picked him up. There's no way in hell I'm putting him on flex spot. Yeah. I think just leave him on the bench for this week. But I like picked I said, him up maybe purely for depth reasons, because as we were talking about, he got all those touches. So maybe he bounces back to that point. But yeah. until I see that, um, I, he's he's purely there in case Saquon Barkley Barkley gets hurt. In case when yeah, when Saquon Barkley gets hurt. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's pretty much just a wait and see approach with Miles Sanders now. Just like eventually, if he can sort of get used to his offense again and they use him like as that sole main running back, like they are sort of planning to use him in the offseason. That's all the talk there was. But yeah, now that Truman Hubbard is sort of creeping in here and just wondering how that split share is going to go. So yeah, he's definitely a wait and see type of player here, Tad. So let's get to the wide receiver position here, Tad. So I'm going to actually give you my start here. So okay. I actually going to flip the script right. here. So, um, this guy's actually blowing it up. And that's Zay Flowers, the wide receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. I think you so, called was it you or me that called this one? One of us called it. I was very high on him, and I remember through the offseason, I was actually thinking he could be a sneaky good fantasy option too. I think you were a little bit more lukewarm to the idea than me. Um, but just yeah, I think we all saw that the talent was there. You so gotta own the that. Process. When you get a fantasy take right, you gotta own it. No, yeah, that's true. You, that's true. You're right. I was wrong. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Uh, but he leads the team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards. And I think just the surprising thing is that they signed Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason. They all expected that just he I'm was so going sorry, to who? be the primary oh, Odell Beckham Jr. Who? Yeah, exactly. I, He's I pretty much been a ghost in this offense this entire season. It's just you signed him in the offseason. You thought he was going to be able to return to form, but just so far, we haven't been seeing it. He's actually been injured further this season. So it's like he's barely seen the field. And when he has seen the field, he just doesn't have that chemistry with Lamar Jackson that we anticipated when we're looking at this in the offseason. So that's why he's going to Zay Flowers a lot more. He's had over 50 receiving yards, Tad, in every single game that he's played in this season. There's only one game where he didn't. And he had 48 receiving yards. So, I mean, this oh, guy was like pretty much that so close. close. He was that close. That's an over-under. See, that game. was an over-under <laughs> opportunity for you. But clearly, I mean, just Lamar Jackson is trusting Zay Flowers in this offense. They play a weak passing offense in the Arizona Cardinals this week. The Cardinals are allowing the seventh most passing yards in the league right now. And they're tied for allowing the sixth most passing touchdowns in the league. They're also allowing 25.4 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers which is the sixth most in the NFL. So I think this is just a matchup made in heaven for Zay Flowers and this Baltimore offense. They had a really good game last week, and I think they'll follow it up this week. And yeah, Zay Flowers will be on the forefront of that passing attack for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No need to no, add too no, much more yeah, to no, it. No, no, no. There's nothing I'd say about it. Like, yeah, look, I, uh, credit where it's due is because I think I said this on uh, Monday's episode where I, I was watching the game, uh, the Cardinals game for some goddamn reason um, on Sunday uh, this past weekend. And I saw the record. I was like, really? One in five or one in six, whatever it is at this point. I was like, that's surprising because they are playing way more competitive than the record. Yeah. But here's the issue. Well. Here's the issue. They still suck. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of the hard thing. And But, like, again, I, I told, uh, you know, a, a guy who's been mentioned on this podcast plenty of times, they, uh, uh, Jason Davis, is he was like – he was saying in week one or two, he's like, oh, should I drop Zay Flowers? I'm like, don't you dare. Nope. I'm like, don't you dare. And, like, now he's been literally texting me like, oh, thank you. Like, he is now <laughs> one of my starting receivers. I'm like, yeah. Because, like, look, I wasn't the biggest fan of that when he was drafted, but just the way they utilize him is so smart. It's the, it's the way, because look, like I don't think Zay Flowers is that much better than uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, or, you know, don't even give me a start on this. We can make a whole podcast out of this, but uh, I don't think he's even that much better than Quentin Johnson, despite QJ's lack of production. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Don't you say a word. Don't you say a word. Kellen Moore should be fired right now. But anyway, 
I, I think he's on par. I'm not saying he's worse, but he's on par with all these other uh, rookie receivers. The difference, well, other than Nakua, because my Lord, that guy. But um, for the most part, he's on par with all those other rookie receivers. It's just the way the Ravens utilize him is so smart. The way they use him in space is so smart. And you are absolutely correct. The way they utilize him in space opens him up for more scoring opportunities. Excellent start. Love it. I think that a lot of people are going to start him in flex. But he's going to put up wide, re- wide receiver one numbers. Wide receiver one I think numbers, he's going to okay. blow up this weekend. Okay. All right. We'll see exactly how that all plays out. So, Ted, let's get to the opposite side. What do you think is just going to have a poor game this weekend here in week eight at the wide receiver position? Okay. So, the Cowboys snipers went away. <laughs> My favorite team snipers are currently going on the roof. The red dots, like, right here. Can Jermersay afford to pay for snipers after paying to move that whale that didn't end up it's working out? Funny, like, I mean, you know, he'll find it. He'll find it <laughs> okay. for from from some you know un, unseemly means. Okay. <laughs> Bench Michael Pittman. Interesting call. Okay, yeah, I'm curious to hear about this one. Yeah, I will I'll tell you. I will tell you why. So, okay, so the Indianapolis Colts are playing the New Orleans Saints. Okay. I fucking hate the New Orleans Saints so much. They, <laughs> right. for years, not just this year, not just last year, but I feel like for the past five years, they've been the most confusing on both sides of the ball. They've been the most confusing fantasy team I've ever seen in my life. This defense should not be good. Sometimes they're not good. Other times they are good. I don't understand it. So let me break it down this way. Is Josh Downs, a guy I told you to pick up, what, two weeks ago now? Three weeks ago now? You said it two weeks ago. I said it last, like, earlier this week. So, yeah, yeah, earlier this week. We're doubling down on Josh Yeah, Exactly. And there's a reason we are. is because his target numbers, my favorite stat when it comes to receivers, are skyrocketing. But unfortunately, what does that mean for a guy like Michael Pittman? I'm not going to say they're plummeting because they're still not bad. But, however, they have gone down. So since week four, he's only had one game where he's had over 10 targets. And I know what you're saying is like, oh, Tab, I mean, 10 targets, that's a you know, high bar to set and it is but here's the whole thing if you're touted as the team's number one receiver then you should be getting 10 targets on the rack how about that for some slang on the rack that's so cool but anyway point being is his target numbers have plummeted he had five seven 14 and seven again not bad but not great either. And here's the most concerning part is I think he's going to be a very popular start. He being Michael Pittman is going to be a very popular start this week because he put up 15 points last week. Armour, over under three catches he had. This one I know. It was only two, so I'm going to say under. Yeah, one big play. And I remember this specifically because I was going to add on to you because I remember after that game, Michael Pittman came out to the media and he was saying that, or I think he came out to the coaching staff, I can't remember where it was, but he complained that he wasn't involved more towards the end of that game when the Colts sort of needed to make those comebacks. Trust me, I want him to drive back. So it's like, yeah, I I knew he had two catches and I knew he's very upset with it. So yeah, this could be very much a situation where it's like he's not, may get involved, but may not. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. Michael Pittman could be an interesting sit this week for sure. So he was a focus for Anthony Richardson, which was great. But now that he's out for the season, now that he's out for the season (laughs) and Gardner Minshew, for whatever reason, Gardner Minshew just does not throw it his, well, he does not connect with him 
as sure. consistently as Anthony Richardson does. And on top of this, so then I decided to go back and look because it was funny. As I was looking at, you know, the the fantasy projections for Zach Moss and all these other guys and uh, what the, you know, AI generated ESPN and Yahoo and all these other sites were giving me was like, when I looked at the running backs, it was like, well, the Saints defense sucks. I'm like, okay. And I would go and look at Michael Pittman's projections as I was doing research. And they're like, well, with a stingy Saints defense, I'm like, well, which is it? Well, they got a stingy pass defense, but terrible run defense. So you know? it's funny you should say that. So I decided to do the good old fashioned handwork and go back and look for myself. There you go. So I'm, I'll there try to run through this quickly. I ran through the Saints' entire schedule and looked wow. at the fantasy performance of every number one receiver they play. Okay, are you ready for this? Sure, let's hear it. All right, so week one, they played the Tennessee Titans. How many points do you think DeAndre Hopkins got there? Uh, 11. Close, 10 flat. Okay. Week two, they had that terrible Monday night game against the Carolina Panthers. We even brought this up in the episode where up until a garbage time touchdown, and if memory serves, I was too lazy to really look this up, but I'm pretty sure he caught the two-point conversion as well. Adam Thielen had 16 points there, which really means he had like eight points right before that garbage time touchdown. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after that, then they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans, over under eight points. Under. He had five and a half. Very good. Yeah. So that's Mike It's Evans. a Marshawn Lattimore game, so it has to be under. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, who you may be like, all right, he's Kendrick Bourne, but he's been a very hot fantasy prospect sure. the last couple of weeks. He only had 5.3 points against the Saints. And then after that, they played the Houston Texans. Nico Collins, this is almost shocking, 10 points flat. 10.0. 10.0, which is, again, good, not great. I'm not saying that's a bad performance. I'm saying it's a great performance. And then after that, I will say this as a guy who has him on my fantasy team. Last week, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. Christian Kirk had 5.6 points up until that late touchdown where he broke it off. I lost my mind on that touchdown <laughs> because that saved me. I ended up losing my two points, but whatever. Point being is, up until that late fourth quarter touchdown, they were shutting Kirk down. This Saints pass defense is legit. I think Josh Downs is going to have a pretty good game. I think Michael Pittman's going to suck. and I think a lot of people are going to fall trapped just because of that point total number that he posted last week. It's deceptive. you got to look out for those deceptive numbers. I also wouldn't be surprised if Josh Downs has a bad game, too. Like, I mean, I think just this overall, this pass defense that the Saints have is just very stingy. So Josh Downs may do better than Michael Pittman because he's used differently than Michael Pittman. But I just don't anticipate either of them having the greatest days. So it's like Josh Downs, like I said, may do a little bit better, but it's like a little bit better is like maybe one or two points more than Michael Pittman. And so it's just like, yeah, I I, I don't like the matchup. Yeah, like 9v8. Like Downs gets nine points, Pittman gets eight. And it's just like something along those lines for sure. It's not going to be anything huge. So good sit there. So let's get to the tight end position here, Tad. Um, I actually got to start at the tight end position. So I'm going to give you my start here first. You're confident in this? I'm not. I don't. I don't want to start any tight ends. Can we just get rid of tight ends? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit confident about this one, so okay. I'm actually going with Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers against the Houston Texans this week. So coming off the bye week, the Panthers need to involve more players in this offense outside of Adam Thielen if they want Bryce Young to sort of get more comfortable in the NFL. Because so far, it's been Adam Thielen and nobody else in this passing offense, which is great for all you Adam Thielen fantasy managers. But I mean, everybody else who has a Hayden Hurst, I rostered Miles Sanders in a couple of leagues, obviously, you know, DJ, uh, DJ Chark. Um, 
Terrace Marshall Jr. I mean, there's a lot I was of these just about to bring up just, Terrace Marshall. That's why I shook yeah, my head like, a couple seconds ago. I was like, I yeah, bring and up. he's looking to get traded too. Speaking about the trade deadline, oh, so we'll Jesus see about Christ. that. So I mean, I just, what leverage does that guy have? I don't know, but just apparently he wants to get traded as well. Okay. But just yeah, so it's like overall, just a lot of these guys are not performing up to that same level of par. Maybe Bryce Young's just looking their way. But yeah, Hayden Hurst has only scored one touchdown this season. It came all the way long ago, back in week one. He's had three targets only, Tad, in five straight games. So why do I like this I was guy? I say this is a start. This is a start. The matchup. The Texans are the worst at defending the tight end position. So I like this as a sneaky play. It's a very dark horse type of play. They're tied for the fourth most yards allowed to opposing tight ends. They're also allowing eight fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, which is ranked for ninth most in the NFL as well. So like I said, I don't feel so strong about this, but like I said, I like this as a sneaky good play because of the matchup. They're coming off the bye week. Like I said, I like to think that the Panzers maybe may involve other players in the offense besides Adam Thielen. Maybe the Texans are going to prioritize stopping Adam Thielen, so this could open things up for everybody else. So I like Hayden Hurst. I think he could meet that eight-point fantasy mark that the Texans are allowing. So in that range, at the tight end position, I'll take that. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is interesting. I'm not going to disagree with you. I actually completely agree with you because okay. it's, it's, but it's, it's I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. All right. There's a dichotomy, right? Dichotomy for, I feel like I'm talking to my students right now. Dichotomy means difference, right? Sure. So we have the Houston Texans who has, we have the Houston Texans. Mike has kind of blocked me, but anyway, who are a, you know, by record, a bad team. And the Carolina Panthers, who are by record a bad team. But just by pure eye test, you can tell the Texans are progressing very, and this hurts me physically to say, the Houston Texans are progressing very nicely. They have all those building blocks they need to be a really good team in just a couple years if they play the cards right. The Panthers, that's a project. Yeah. But. Here's what that means is, and this is exactly how I think this game is going to play out, is I think the Texans are going going to jump out to a very early lead, which means what? Lots of passing opportunities for Carolina. Lots of passing opportunities for Carolina. boy. So, point being is, I think that these, because uh, you're right, I, I think the league's catching on too, that Adam Thielen, he's still there. He's still a legit yeah. weapon. So he's going to get a lot more attention, which means that Bryce Young is going to need to revert back to his second or third options. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't trust Terrace Marshall or DJ Chark. I trust Hayden Hurst, though. He's shown me that he can produce. Mm -hmm. So I think that Hayden Hurst is going to be his number two option. So I'm actually with you. I think this is a pretty interesting – it's a risky one. I'm not going to say it's you know free risk, but why else would we have this podcast if – that wasn't the case. So I think that Aiden Hurst is a very interesting uh, pick here, but I do think it's a high risk, high reward pick. 100%. 100%. So let's smooth the, let's roll right right along here into your sit of this week for the tight end position. Back to back sets here. I'm not going to call it a loss on your part because he did okay. But I think, and that's, in fact, that's the reason I picked him for this is I think Kyle Pitts is a sit. Put him back on your bench. Okay, because okay, all right, th- three weeks ago he had 11 targets and he did mm-hmm. really well, put up 12 fantasy points. And everyone was like, Oh my god, he's back! And it's okay because I kind of bought in that hype too. Of like, Oh, now Arthur Smith got his shit together. I'm like, All right, <laughs> took long enough. And then the week after that, 
He scored his first touchdown of the season, also put up 12 points. Here's my concern. He had less than 10 targets last week. He did not score a touchdown last week, and he only he barely put up six points last week. So again, six points, eh, it's all right. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's whatever. So I'm not gonna call that bust of a pick on your point, or uh, uh, you know, you were you were neither right or wrong by benching him. But my whole point is, I just I, we we okay. Now we have our ceiling. Like we have an established ceiling with Kyle Pitts. His ceiling is 12 points. If you're lucky, if he scores, which again, he's only done once so far this season, or if he only gets 11, if he gets 10 plus targets, which again, he's only done once this season. So I think that, you know, Kyle Pitts is just way too risky of a pick. And people are still just riding the coattails of like, he's a top five pick. He's going to be good. The highest draft to tight end of all time. Stop it. Stop it. This offense is not fit for him. I don't trust him anymore. I'm not saying drop him. He's a fine backup option. He's a fine backup option because, again, you're going to have these random weeks where he goes off and maybe you'll get lucky. But in terms of, like, considering him a consistent starter, just because he had those two good weeks, he's out of the conversation for me. I'm not starting Kyle Pitts at all until I see consistent. That's the word I'm going to use, consistent evidence to the contrary. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing when you have a big name of the tight end position that just hasn't been performing. It's just like you still can't afford to drop them, though, because the waiver wire is not all that better. Like, I mean, there's maybe it's a few not. options out there. No, don't drop. But overall, don't drop I think them. it's like clear out another bench spot for that other tight end that you can pick up off the waiver wire. But 100 percent hang on to Kyle Pitts, because who knows? Maybe Arthur Smith will finally figure it out. That's like, oh, this is a guy that we want to utilize in our offense. And he'll finally start to produce the same way that he did in his rookie year. But you don't want to lose out on him just because you're completely lost faith in him. It's like, hang on to him. Hang on to a little bit of optimism that he could turn around. But yeah, keep him on your roster if you can afford to. But yeah, definitely don't drop him for sure. Well, and keep in mind, a quarterback change, I think, is inevitable. And well I, I think I think Heineke will end up being the starter there, and then that things can change because remember Logan Thomas established himself as a mainstay at as a fancy tight end with Heineke sure. at quarterback. So mm-hmm. that there mm-hmm. there is a very good chance that oh man I might try uh, to trade for Kyle Pitts. But anyway, is I think that there is a good chance that Kyle Pitts could blow up. And another thing though with this week in particular, Murr, the Atlanta Falcons are playing the Tennessee Titans. Over mm-hmm. under one tight end, the tight end, the Titans have allowed to score 10 points or more. So just has any touch, has any tight end against the Titans scored a touchdown? That's, that's pretty much what your over under is. No, not a touchdown. Cause that'd be a 40 yard touchdown. Four plus six. Or so, you get 10 points. Sorry. 10, 10 points. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say under, I don't think they have. Yeah. I'm a dick. It's exactly one. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, but that was back in week two against the Los Angeles Chargers. They allowed, I assume Gerald Everett, I didn't go that in depth on it. They allowed the Chargers to score 10.3 points. Other than that, every other team they face, them being the Tennessee Titans, have their tight ends have scored below 10 points. So this Tennessee Titans defense, say what you will about them. They know how to defend a tight end. And there's offense that does not value the tight end. I mean, this is just like a fantasy graveyard. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, Kyle Pitts is a sit. I'm 100% on board with that one for sure. So, all right, Tab, we only got two more picks here left to go. Let's hear your kicker and defensive picks at the start. It sits for here week eight. All right, I'm gonna do the thing. They're only managed, not started, managed, in eight percent of ESPN leagues. 
I'm saying you start them. I'm saying you go for it. The Superchargers defense. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. They okay. struggled this year. And I said I would touch on the Chargers schedule. And yes. Okay. Fine. They got five points against the Tennessee Titans offense. Whatever. We're going to throw that one out the window. Bad week. Other than that, do you know the rest of their games? They played the Chiefs, the Dallas yep. Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Vikings, pre-Justin Jefferson injury. So that's a preloaded Vikings offense. And the Miami Dolphins. That's a rough schedule, dude. That's true. That's very true. That's rough. So I think this Chargers defense is honestly getting a little too much hate because, like, the whole thing, too, is they haven't dipped in negative numbers with when it comes to fancy defense either. And when you're playing a schedule that hard, that shows me, okay, you got some, at least some, talent on this defense. So I actually am a big believer on them, and they are going against the Chicago Bears. And, we, you know, we were talking oh, about this God. earlier. When I see that D next to your name, I assume it's an O. And who has that D next to their name? It's Justin Fields. So who's going to play? I'm going to try it. Maybe I'll nail it. This is my new Tony Pollard. This is <laughs> this guy is my new Tony Pollard. Could be. Back it? No. Oh, God damn it. I said Bajent. I don't even think you did it right. Bajent? Bajent. It's Bajent. Bajent? Yeah. Bajent? Bajent? What? Bajent. That D2 motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> He's most likely going to play again. And look, to take nothing away from him, he played much better than, uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders than I gave him credit for. But by much better, I mean he actually played like a legitimate backup. And I think yeah, that's a true. ceiling. That's a ceiling. And here's the thing is that the Las Vegas Raiders defense is not good. I And I would love to hear your opinion on this. I think that Chargers defense is way better than the Raiders defense. Because, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because let's not forget, we're, what, two, three weeks removed from Khalil Mack saying a career-high number in sacks in a single-season game? This sure. pass rush, their secondary is weak. I'm not going to argue against that. That Chargers secondary needs a lot of work. I feel like we've been saying that for the past five years. But that pass rush is absolutely legit. And I think that with the Bears, uh, very, very weak offensive line, with a, a very, very inexperienced quarterback, I think that this is honestly a very sneaky opportunity for a low-performing defense to finally feast. I'm not going to say they're going to go off for like 20 points, but I think they could reach double digits sometime uh, during this week. Also, the Deontay Foreman thing was an absolute fluke. Maybe, maybe. And who's your kicker pick this week? So my kicker pick is uh, Riley Patterson. It's always the kicker for the Detroit Lions playing the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders. I think that this is a guy that suffers from the syndrome that I am most worried about when it comes to kickers. I think I've mentioned every week so far in our stardom syndrome is if you're a kicker on a good offense, you got to find the sweet spot of you're just good enough to get in the Emmy territory, but you're not quite good enough to end up in the end zone. And Riley Patterson is a perfect example of the latter because get this, this guy has not scored over 10 points all season. Wow. Okay. Think about how good other than last week, because who last week was a disaster, but other than last week, think about how good this Lions offense has been. They if I told you good. that kicker has not gone over for 10 points, you would call me crazy, but that's the problem. They're too efficient to make the kicker worthy and so he hasn't gone for over 10 points the one attempt one attempt all season he's had from plus 50 yards he missed Mm. so i can't trust him from long range i can't trust him to you know kick a bunch of field goals i think the lions are going to absolutely massacre the las vegas raiders so i think that he is going to put up like five six points a respectable number 
But I think a lot of people are going, oh, good offense. They're pissed off going against a bad defense. This is money. It's not. I'm telling you, stay away from Riley Patterson. Okay. Okay. So I actually have a start at the kicker position. I'm going to go with Chad Ryland, the kicker for the New England Patriots. I had never uh, heard of this guy until I saw your notes. Yeah. So he's accounted for 11 of the 29 points the Patriots scored in the upset win against the Buffalo Bills last weekend. Uh, the Patriots face another divisional matchup against the Miami Dolphins this week. So I think it's actually going to be a closer game than people think. I know a lot of people are expecting Miami to probably win in the landslide, but I think with a little bit of the trading back and forth early in the game, this will allow Ryland some good uh, field goal opportunity. So I think he should get somewhere in that eight to 10 field goal. Uh, uh, he should get that eight to 10 fantasy point range, which would mean a very good start for you in a streaming option. So how about this to close out the episode here, Tad? Sit the Niners defense against. The oh, Cincinnati you Bengals. turncoat. <laughs> My God. Somebody, they allowed <laughs> somebody get a red jacket on this man. They allowed Minnesota to rack up 400 plus yards on offense on Monday night list uh, last week. The previous week, they allowed the Cleveland Browns with PJ Walker at the help, not to Sean Watson, PJ Walker. Hey, PJ Walker is a quarterback. You don't say anything bad against him. Did he beat both of our teams? He did. He oh, did. Good God. You were close. Actually, no, we were both pretty close to the end, well, too. No, all right. I, I, should well, I lost on the last minute field goal. You lost with some uh, hose calls no, by no, the no, referee. I was about so to say, yeah. we didn't have PJ Walker didn't beat the Colts. The goddamn Zebras beat the Colts. Yeah. So um, he uh, he racked up over 300 pound total yards on offense against the Cleveland Browns there. This led to the Niners scoring only two fantasy points last week and eight the week before. So while the eight is a little bit more respectable as far as a fantasy defense is going to score that many points, the Bengals are coming off a bye week. And one of the big issues with Joe Burrow was just whether his calf can heal up. Well, now he's got that extra two weeks to heal up. He's going to be just fine against the San Francisco defense that just hasn't looked the same over the past two weeks. I think they're very much in susceptible. It's all the talk of Bay Area Radio right now. Like, what's going on with Steve Wilkes? Is, is he calling the right plays? I think it's a little bit shaky. While I think the Niners still have a good chance to win, I just don't think this defense is going to be locked up enough against a very strong Cincinnati offense. I think they're going to get rolling in this game, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points. It could be a very high-scoring game both ways. But just, yeah, in this case, sit the Niners defense because, yeah, I, I have a feeling they're probably going to get scored on quite a bit. Well, and look, I know it looked great in the preseason, but from all reports that I've read, at least, it look, it's looking like Sam Darnold's going to be your starter going into this game. It's looking like that, yeah. And, yeah. and that could land your defense and you being the 49ers. That could land the 49ers into some dicey situations. Very Should true. Sam Darnold not perform up to expectations, if he turns exactly. the ball over and all of a sudden they have the ball in 49ers territory just like that, it's 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 risky. I'm not I'm not fully on board with this bench. Okay. But if you're going to play the 49ers and you end up losing this week, you got no one to blame but yourself because it is a very risky play. It, they went from one of the safest plays to like a middle tier play at best. Yeah, it's actually good that you bring up that Brock Purdy situation. So for those who don't know, Brock Purdy is currently in the concussion protocol. He does have enough time to clear it, but he still has to clear it's it. He's not, not been cleared for the concussion it's protocol. Exactly. It's not looking like he will play. The big thing is that the Niners also have a bye week after this weekend. Mm. So I'd like to think the Niners may play it extra, extra cautious and probably keep him out this weekend so that they can use it for the rest of the season. So 
keep tabs on that. But yeah, it's looking like probably Sam Darrell is going to start. So yeah, that's a definitely an X factor for sure, Tad. Whereas just if he doesn't live up to expectations with uh, Kyle Shanahan handpicking this guy to be the backup to Brock Purdy, then yeah, that could very much lead to a lot more opportunities for Cincinnati for sure. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much in the boat of like, you should sit the Niners defense this week. I'm just happy for once you're going to be nervous this weekend. Like, you get to see what my experience has been like all season. I've dealt with this for the past couple of years, Dad. Oh, I've always it. had nervousness with the quarterback position with the San Francisco Oh, yeah. No you're, no, you're right. I'm so sorry you had to deal with Phil Rivers, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Brissett. No, that's fair. Why do we I didn't do mind Jacoby Brissett. I didn't neither did I. Why didn't we just – just, <laughs> God damn it. Why don't you guys move on from him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because we're fucking uh, – Because well, our actually is more concerned. It's just, just go. Just go. <laughs> Well, fortunately, Tab, we got to move on from the end from this episode. We got to close this out here. But just, yeah, we got a lot of great starts and sits for you. But, guys, you see the ticker down below. Make sure you interact with us on social media because maybe we got to a start or sit that we, you know, didn't spend enough time on. Maybe we need to get to a start and sit that you are more concerned with. That's what the social media handles are there for. We're here to answer all of your questions when it comes to your start and sit decisions, when it comes to your waiver wire decisions, when it comes to trade decisions, whatever it is, we're here to help you make those decisions and help you win your fantasy league. So hit us up on Twitter. You got me at on the side 23, Tad at Tad side 94. You got the show handle at the side guys. And of course on Instagram at the side guys as well interact with us we're here to help you out please don't be afraid to do so wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you subscribe listen to your uh at subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast whether that's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify listen right on the lap network website as well hit that subscribe button always up to date with our podcast if you're watching us on youtube just hit that subscribe button to our youtube channels always up to date with our youtube videos as well and guys make sure you're supporting our parent network at lap network they're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the four professional sports uh the four la-based sports teams two of them at the professional level the rams and the chargers and two at the college level with the Bru- bruins and the trojans so lots of great content for all four of those teams but guys to everybody who's already interacting with us who's listening to the podcast who's watching the video uh, just anything and everything that you're doing to support the podcast we cannot thank you enough now i'm going to give our viewers and listeners a little bit of a, a background look into how the show works behind the scenes is like Amir said we talk about way more starts and sits past just what we talk about on camera or on audio. I went through three quarterbacks tonight of who to start. <laughs> so like, if you have a quarterback that is like, I'm kind of debating on him. Chances are I've already researched him a more than fair amount. So if Probably. you need help. Yeah, exactly. Like I am. Am I lying? I went through three quarterbacks, no. right? I hundred percent agree with that. Literally at the last second, I changed it to Dak Prescott, which don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm still a believer in Dak Prescott. But anyways, my point being is, trust me, our research goes far beyond just what we say on the show. So if you need help, if you are like me where you're like, oh, my God, I'm about to fall to two and six. and I need desperate help to, you know, fix my league and make sure I don't have to do this horrible fancy punishment where I need to sit on a streetlight, you know, with a sign around my neck. We will help you get there. All you need to do is reach out on those socials right below you, all the socials that Amir reach out to. And so as ever, uh, as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching and please stay safe. Mm-hmm.